Next on BYU Sports Nation, the best place for BYU to position for a Power 5 invite. Could that be with the American Athletic Conference? Should getting into a New Year's Six Bowl be the top priority for BYU in the quest for Power 5 inclusion? With your minds on the money and the money on your minds, is it really all about the money as to what BYU decides to do? Let's go! This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live, your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Wednesday, June 26th, the year is 2019. Wherever and however you're connected, welcome, my friends. I'm Spencer Linton, teamed up with BYU Staring Contest, third-place finisher, Jerem Jordan. Why not second? Because you finished in third. Who was in second? I don't know. I just know you finished third. On Media Day, Jeff Grimes, I tweeted this out last night, uh, and and it was used in between the lines yesterday, stared for 25 seconds (laughs) at, I don't know what, he didn't blink, he didn't move a muscle. He's deep in thought. I don't know if any blood was flowing. Like, he might have died for 25 seconds. He's he's deep in thought. He's staring off into the distance. He's contemplating he's each even, and every word that Eric Mateos is offering up in that web chat. He's not even moving. So let's let's see if I can come in second place in this. Okay. One. Oh, okay, a staring contest right now? Yeah, here we go. Okay, wait, wait. Are you blinking? You're still blinking. Tell me when you're ready. No. Well, I'm waiting for the video to roll. Okay. So the video video's gonna come. We'll do the side by side. Here we go. Okay. Jeremy, those eyelids are <laughs> those eyelids. Look at Jeff. <laughs> starting to feel heavy. Yeah, does breaking into a laugh count as a loss there? <laughs> At first, I thought it was a still screen of Jeff Grimes, but then you see people moving in the background, and it's like, oh, my goodness, that's live video. Hey, pretty good. Pretty good on your part there. Slow start. I, yeah, good I, recovery. I definitely lost. I wasn't going good to win. Good recovery. I, listen, I know what I'm up against. I don't schedule four power five to start the season. Like, I know what I can do or not, right? But yeah, that was unbelievable. Yeah, I got some nice traction on social media last week when you pointed that out. 25 seconds of stare. Because I went back and watched it, and I thought, oh, was it like five seconds? It was 25 seconds of no blink. Yes, in that and moment. And no movement. What is Grimey thinking about in that moment? Oh, he's like. The man rules in the Grimes household. Yeah, we, that's a whole nother BTL, I think. Is, is what is Jeff Grimes thinking in this moment? Just asking all the players. <laughs> Maybe he was thinking about today's beating. show lineup. Uh, hopefully beating Utah. He that wasn't too. thinking about today's show yeah, lineup. That's for sure. Yeah. All right, Jerem, choose one because we're discussing it. The AAC or independence as a better position for a potential Power 5 invite. Brett McMurphy brought that up yesterday, and the staring from Jerem in Studio B continues. The voice of the USF Bulls, Jim Lauk, previews the October 12th showdown with BYU in Tampa and gives his opinion on BYU as a fit in the AAC, plus the top 10 defenses BYU will face in 2019. Where do the Bulls rank in that rundown? Here are your top four BYU Sports Nation headlines. BYU basketball alum Brandon Davies announces he will represent Uganda today in the FIBA Afro Basket Qualifiers. 
The Silverbacks facing Kenya as we speak. Good luck to Brandon. That's really cool. I'd like to know the story behind this with uh, becoming uh, in some part a, a Uganda citizen and perhaps he's not an international player now with FC Barcelona. Perhaps that was a, a factor in him going to that squad. So yeah. this is a cool story for Brandon. I know Travis Hansen played with the Russian national team a few years ago and you're like, you're Russian? Dual citizenship. Right? Yeah, exactly. Paula C.K. is on the USA Rugby Squad for the Pacific Nations Cup and the World Cup Training Squad. A 31-man World Cup roster will be selected from the training squad over the coming months. The World Cup is in Japan in September. That's very cool. Jackson Clough continues his early success in minor league baseball. Keep in mind, this dude was playing for BYU last month and just recorded his first professional multi-hit game yesterday. For the Hagerstown Suns in class single A, Clough two for three in the game, batting 333 through five games at that single A level. And D.C. Clawson went two for four with a solo homer his first of the season. And the Orem Owls 14-3 loss to your Grand Junction Rockies Woo! yesterday in the rookie advanced level. Uh, D.C. Clawson just up the street, which is cool. And you used to live in Grand Junction. That in I fact, did. when you worked there, you said, hey, would you be interested in working in Grand Junction with me? And I said, no. <laughs> but here we are. Thanks for saying It was no. probably good that I stayed here, right? <laughs> right? Yes. Okay. Because then I, I could call you I six felt, years ago. I felt bad for saying no, sort of, right? You know. I didn't feel that bad. But no, you're kind like, no, of. You're my friend. Do what I like, really want to work do. together. And I was like, well, later, here. <laughs> yeah. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. We spoke with friend of the program and college football insider Brett McMurphy of Stadium Sports yesterday, and guess what was the topic? Conference realignment and expansion, because that's what we do with Brett McMurphy. And it's June. The guy brought some rather spicy opinions, including... His opinion on whether BYU is in a better position for a Power 5 invite as a member of the American Athletic Conference or in its current state as an independent. Listen up. Would BYU be more attractive if they were an independent that won, you know, seven, eight, nine, ten games a year for the next six years and went to whatever bowl games you can think of? Or would they be more attractive if they had won three American Conference championships and gone to two New Year's Six games and upset a Power Five team in one of those bowl games? Brett McMurphy would Mm. continue on to say that clearly BYU as a member of the American making a national splash would resonate more with potential Power Five suitors. Jerem, do you agree? Is BYU in a better position for a Power Five invite as a member of the American Athletic Conference or as an independent? Two sides to it. Let's break it down. Independence is better in these regards. You don't have have a contractual obligation to a conference or a certain number of years or a buyout or whatever. That can get messy. But you do have games that you'd have to get out of in the non-conference because guess what? Every game BYU plays is a non-conference game. So they'd have to keep some of them. You wouldn't want all of them. You'd probably want an FCS uh, team, uh, Utah, probably Utah State. And then somebody else, you'd probably lose the Boise State series. Being in the American, we'd be better in this way. Competitively, uh, you wouldn't have to schedule as hard. Therefore, I think you're a better team, right? I think that BYU has been mired in this kind of 8-9 win thing because the schedules have been just too hard. If the point of all of this is to get a Power 5 invite, 
I think it's better to be in a group of five conference than independence. Really? Because you can make the splash through a New Year's Six game. We'll break that down more in a moment. I don't think that's the end-all goal for BYU. Uh, it's to be on ESPN. It's to play a great schedule. But BYU will tell you that it's there to win. But playing more than four Power Fives in a uh, season means that you're not going to have a special season just because that schedule is too difficult. So I think if you really wanted to make a splash and you really wanted to be in a Power Five conference, you would go to a, a, a group of five and you would, you would have a nice run. You'd have to, you'd ha- and I'll talk about this more in a moment, but you'd have to have a special season. I just don't see a special season happening in Independence with the current schedules. Would you feel differently if BYU had had that special season yeah, in 2014? but they haven't. That's the point. They haven't, and they won't with these schedules. Special means one loss or zero losses. It really does. But then two, there's the question of... Two wasn't enough. Hold on. 06 to 09, BYU went 11-2 and two three times and didn't get an invite. 11-2 and two is not good enough. It's got to be undefeated in the regular season. Well, 11-2 and two is not good enough when Utah is going undefeated twice in 2004 and 2008. Right, but BYU won the league uh, two of those three times. And it still wasn't enough. Or how much of it is BYU just didn't get into a Power 5 back during the other realignment because they're high maintenance and because the Pac-12 has different views and standards as to how they look at the world. Like, it, it, yeah, all of it matters, but you really need, I think you need to punctuate your season with the BCS slash New Year's Six game. I'm going to outline that in a moment on our second topic. Most of the, all but three of the teams that did that were invited. All but three. I just can't overlook the fact that it would be way easier if BYU was a free agent or a bachelor. Because then when contracts get involved at the conference level, not to mention the individual level with those individual games, it just gets really messy. There's a ton of potential litigation to sort through, fines, contract buyouts. Like, it it can get ugly. So I would say that BYU staying as a free agent and being independent, knowing that in roughly four to five years from now, this is when it's most likely for this major shift to happen. Why tie yourself down now? Knowing the other that- teams that were tied down had no issue with this. It wasn't ugly for them. Who, who had an ugly situation that got invited to a Power 5 conference? Well, if you're going from Power 5 to Power 5, it's a little no, no, bit no, different because G5 you already have that five. money. That's what I'm saying. No, Utah nobody had didn't an make, issue. Okay, Utah didn't make any money. For the right. first few years. We'd be fine with that. Okay. We've said that. I'm not saying that, but BYU... It wouldn't prevent them the, from getting in. But because of what happened, you don't, you don't think the Americans going to sink their teeth and claws into BYU knowing BYU what they know now? BYU doesn't go in if that's the the Then situation. the invite doesn't happen. Why would it be good for the American thinking, oh, we're only going to have BYU for three or four years maybe? Why, well, why would they do that? It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, then then you don't go. But Are you going to get married to somebody and think, ah, oh, we're probably going to get divorced in four years, but let's do it anyway. Well, with half of America, that's probably the case, right? But <laughs> if if you're going to go to a league, yeah, you would go in with those in the contract. Yeah. There was no team that was invi- in a group of five that went to a Power Five that had an issue that said, I don't know if it's worth it. There's too much. Li-. But it's they different said, now. Please take us. It's different now, though, because there is – so much un- – everything's unsettled. I, everything's I, unsettled. Like, no, you want to protect yourself. I get, you, you don't want to lose point. them. I just think BYU is a more attractive option 
if they have a season to validate the program. Obviously, BYU's academics, honor code, LGBTQ+, all that. I know, I know that factors in, right? And the, the Pac-12 and research and the bigotry with the religion and blah, blah, blah. There's a lot that goes into this. I think BYU needs to be as uh, less uh, of a high-maintenance thing because beggars aren't choosers. If BYU wants to be in a Power Five, they got to be more in the beggar than the chooser category. But why do they, they have to beg? They were left behind. Why do they have to beg I'm to not, get to the American? I'm not saying they have to beg. I'm saying they're more in the, okay, you need us and here's why, as opposed to uh, BYU is in the situation where they want to be in a Power Five conference. They've got to concede in some things. BYU can't maintain what it is and get into a Power right, Five. Right, but they don't have to concede to go to the American to, to be in a position to go to a Power Five. I, no, I understand. I just think that BYU needs to make a splash in a season to really validate what it is on the field. On the field. Okay, let's continue. We can't rely on, on yeah. 35 years ago that BYU won a national title, right? Okay, on to topic two. A New Year's Six game is certainly the highest goal BYU could have on the field. Making the playoff, not realistic. But making a New Year's Six, absolutely. Brett McMurphy says this about it in relation to the Cougars. The, the challenge for BYU on the national level is that you guys can win 10, 10 games, and because you're an independent, because you're not in the running for the New Year's Six games, there's not a lot of interest nationally on, wow, are you guys you guys have a shot to get in one of the New Year's Six games. And that's unfortunate. It's not fair, but that's, that's the reality. Spencer, does BYU need to get to a New Year's Six bowl game? It's one of the stated goals of the program to get a Power Five conference invite. No. BYU plays a ton of these big-time games already on their schedule. Let me ask you this, and this can be for Jerem and for all of you out there. Jeff Grimes staring into the distance. Okay. <laughs> Was BYU noticed when they beat Texas twice? Did that gain national relevance? Was BYU making waves when they beat Wisconsin last year? Yes. That's the power of playing these games is if you win some of them, then you become almost overnight one of these college football darlings because you're not supposed to do that. BYU's going to be an underdog in the first four games. If they, if they won two, maybe three of those, would they be nationally relevant? There's enough there to make a national splash. You don't have to win a New Year's Six Bowl game if, and I know this is a big if, you went three and one against the first four in this year's schedule. Like, mission accomplished. BYU's for real. They can ball. They can play. They're on the radar. They're nationally ranked. Being ranked is relevance. BYU hasn't finished ranked in a long time, which is why we feel kind of empty inside. It's been a decade since BYU finished ranked in the AP poll. I feel empty for other reasons, but yes. <laughs> Don't bring your personal <laughs> matters into this. Like Jeff Grimes staring into the disc. Uh, okay, so here, here's the thing. There, there's an up there. This is a bowl game every week type of scenario for BYU, especially with this year's schedule and next year's schedule and the 2021 schedule. There's enough to make noise. You don't have to bank on, well, you made your run through a G5 conference, and now you get one shot at Auburn, or you get one shot at whoever else is representing a Power 5 conference. BYU has several of these shots. So I disagree respectfully with Brett there that you don't have to play in a New Year's Six game to make a splash. BYU's proved this. Um, I, yeah, I, I think uh, short-term, yes, but no one was talking about BYU when they lost three of the next four after the Wisconsin game. 
Almost all of the expansion teams had a season that validated their program on the field. TCU, Fiesta Bowl and Rose Bowl, Utah, two undefeated seasons. And then you have the Big East crew, West Virginia, Louisville, Pitt. They all went to a BCS game because they had an automatic bid with that league. At the time, it was Power 6, not Power 5. Rutgers is the exception. They stink. New Jersey, New York, whatever. No one cares. What about UConn? They went to a BCS game. Yeah. No. They had automatic. The only teams that weren't invited to a Power 5 that have been to a BCS game in the past... Uh, I guess besides, uh, so UConn, Boy State, Hawaii, Northern Illinois. But it makes sense that those four weren't in it. Going 11-2, and two, like I mentioned, didn't even make a splash. But you guys got to have a special season, in my estimation, to really, really get on the radar. It, I, it's a lot of uh, off-the-field stuff, but it's also, what have you done for me lately? So if, if a Power 5 league is looking at BYU in 2024, and BYU hasn't had a season recently where you go, oh, those guys can really play. Listen, we think BYU can play, but the the Power Five, I don't believe, will be like, yeah, they can really play unless BYU has a one loss or undefeated season. BYU's got to do it, and and my fear is that BYU is being too macho with its schedules to ever actually have that. Yet is BYU not already on the radar because every time conference realignment comes, it's because up they're in independent. Power- and you, they're free. You think it's just because they're independent? No, I think that that's very convenient. Why Why, why, the, why is an army in UMass coming up then? You army know, is coming up. As a member, as, to get invited to a Power 5 conference? No, 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 no. 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 Obviously, sa- BYU is a Power 5 invitable team. Yes. They haven't already, been invited. Already. But they haven't been invited. What does BYU need to, what can BYU control in this whole process? The schedule. It's the only thing. It's the only thing. All right. Now there is the financial matters in all of this. BYU is in the middle of negotiating a new contract with ESPN. We don't know how much money is involved there, and we likely won't know how much money is involved there when and it is if we is do, we won't tell you. Said and done. <laughs> Yet Brett McMurphy of Stadium Sports felt very strongly that BYU would make more money as a member of the American Athletic Conference, $7 million per team, than the Cougars would get with their new deal with ESPN. I followed that up with, let me clarify, Brett, you're saying that for sure. And he said, why would ESPN pay more than they're paying for the American Athletic Conference? So that sparked a big conversation on social media yesterday as to the finances involved around BYU. Jerem when we step back, how much does money even matter right now in this type of decision? It matters. After BYU didn't get into the uh, Big 12, Tom Homo put out a video asking essentially for money. Like, yet, BYU is backed by a church that has a lot of assets, right? And that's a different conversation is, okay, how, how many of those assets are put into BYU? But BYU has a contract with ESPN. With Nike. Brand association is important. Money always matters. BYU's got money. They just bought old Provo High and Y Mountain. Like, whenever I hear BYU doesn't have money, I'm like, they just bought Provo High for $25 million. We don't even know what yeah, it's going to well, be. Yeah, and BYU doesn't do anything on credit, unlike right. the rest of the other schools in the country. Yes, BYU, it, BYU raised all the money for the annex before they built it, which is crazy compared to everybody else but financially very sound i think that byu could take less than seven mil and still be in a great spot because what byu wants is a relationship with espn i know and we know that espn treats byu like a conference that is very valuable for games for bowls and whatnot i happen to think there are too many of those good games but i think that that's very valuable here's the other thing 
Let's say BYU, and I'm throwing out a generic number. I don't know what it is. Let's say BYU gets equal to what the American puts out for the six home games. And so the Cougars are pulling in $7 million, okay, for the six home games. 1.17 per game. What goes away if BYU is in a group of five conference is the money that comes for Road games. Well, the other non-con. Because okay. you still play probably two non-conference road games. BYU got paid $2 million plus to go to Michigan. They got paid a million bucks ever, to go probably. to Nebraska. Yeah. They got paid to go to Texas. Is BYU being paid to go to Tennessee this year? You can still, Who have, knows? You can still have two of those games. Yeah. You could, but... It's, uh, of, it's less than likely that that would be the case. Like if well, you, and how many of those payable games do you have anyway? With two or three? Who knows? Maybe? This year it's probably one, right? You can add that money on more likely in an independent scenario than there's more window of opportunity is what I'm saying to do yeah. games yeah. like that and Typically make money two or three like that. Yeah. So that goes away potentially. And again, the free agency thing. Hey, if BYU can be essentially as financially stable as an independent as they could in the American, then why tie yourself down knowing that you want something better anyway? Well, it depends what you want. There's no it need. It all comes back to that. Like, are we that desperate for BYU to have just a shot to get to a New Year's Six game? Keep in mind, you've got to be the best of the group of five. You've got to be better than UCF. You've got to be better than yeah. Boise State. You've got to be better than Western Michigan was two years ago. Like, That's <laughs> a better shot than as an independent. Yeah. But what, if if the end goal is power five invite or get to a New Year's Six bowl, if if the well, goal was to get help you, if the other. goal was to get to a New Year's Six bowl game and that was it, then BYU would be running to the American. Yeah, we know that's not it. Yeah, they would be running there. So I don't know if the finances aren't that different. I say stay. I understand you like the bowl context with tie-ins of a conference, and you like the tie-ins of. Competing for a championship if you lose two games early in the season. I understand all of that. But right now, it just doesn't seem like the right time. Yeah. Our voice. Well, it's 1021. So maybe later this afternoon. The nation conversation now. <laughs> Is BYU in a better position to get to a Power 5 invite as an independent or as a member of the AAC? We want to hear from you. Let's go to Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. Tay Joyce 88 answers on Instagram. Winning cures all. If BYU wins championship after championship in the AAC, they will be perceived a better option than an 8-4, and 7-5, and five, or 6-6 six and six independent BYU. It doesn't need to be multiple titles. It's one special season. It's one special season. Can BYU that have that need. as an independent, though? Not with these kids. No. I, I, I really don't believe that. Coming up, it's a Wednesday. That means 10 and 10. Who are the top defense that the Cougars will play this season? And the voice of the USF Bulls, Jim Lauk, sounds off on the potential fit of BYU and the AAC and what the Cougars will face in Tampa on October 12th. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. On the latest BYU Sports Nation right now, Jim Romania continues in Kiki Solano. She knows how to party outside Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Check it out on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. We are live in Studio B. Your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play continues alongside Jerem Jordan. I am Spencer Linton. As always, great to have you with us. Joining us now on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline is the play-by-play voice of USF football, Jim Lauk. Jim, welcome to BYU Sports Nation. Thanks. Appreciate it. All right, let's first address some of the uh, American Athletic Conference items that have recently surfaced, and then we'll break down the USF Bulls. 
UConn's leaving the league. What was your initial reaction to finding out the Huskies were seeking a new football home and that their other programs are headed to the Big East? You know, it's been whispered for a long time, but I was a little bit surprised at the suddenness of it when it did come out. Uh, It makes a lot of sense, obviously, for them for basketball, but uh, to not have a clear-cut situation for football, I mean, it's quite a decision. And then for the American, it's uh, now an 11-team football league starting in 2020, so there's decisions to be made there. Do you try to get a 12th member? Do you stand pat at 11? If you do, then you've got a division of five teams and a division of six teams, so you're probably – breaking down your divisions and then changing there. So it's an interesting scenario. And uh, even though it had been talked about quietly for a long time, when it happened, it happened quickly. Would you like to see the league add another member? Well, I think the question is, who can you add that brings any value? That's a, a pretty limited number of programs and then uh, can you overcome all the other things to to make that happen or not um i don't think you want to add a 12th just to have 12 and i think that's where the league is is heading in their mindset i would not be shocked if they stayed at 11 um you know i think it would be great to have 12 teams if you have a 12th team that makes sense if not uh, you probably stay where you're going to be at is there a 12th team that makes sense to you personally well, you know, BYU is certainly one of the ones that that comes up. If if that was possible, you know, Boise State comes up uh, in conversation as well. The challenge you have, uh, you know, obviously geography and television issues. Does it make sense there? Um, Army is getting floated a, a lot, um, one that's probably a little bit more geographically sensible. USF was in Conference USA with Army for a few years, uh, and it didn't really work out uh, for Army, and they ultimately left. Um, what do you do with the Army-Navy game in that scenario? So there's there's no clear-cut, easy, clean answer. There's programs that are intriguing and make sense, but it, it, it to me, personally, it feels like an uphill climb uh, no matter where you're going. We're talking with the voice of the USF Bulls, Jim Lauk on BYU Sports Nation. Yesterday we spoke with Brett McMurphy of Stadium Sports and brought up the idea of football only because BYU does have a nice home in the West Coast Conference for their Olympic sports. And the Olympic sports geography is a big deal. But the independent football team, if they were to go football only in the American Athletic Conference, uh, would that strike your fancy? I think that's the the only sensible scenario, really, and it and it has worked in the American for Navy. I would think uh, that uh, that Navy fans would tell you that that's been a pretty good fit uh, for the last couple of years. It's certainly been beneficial to the American to have Navy in as a football only member. Um, you know, I, I again when you get into that kind of geographical concern and. and Going all the way across the country right now, the American, uh, as everybody knows, doesn't stretch any further west than Texas and Oklahoma. So that's a reach for all of your sports programs. Football only, you know, becomes a little bit more workable, I would think. All right, let's break down the uh, USF Bulls. BYU headed to Tampa to take on the Bulls. It was an interesting season, I imagine, last year, winning the first seven and losing the next six. How did uh, you and everybody feel about last season? 
Felt real good at seven and zero. Oh. <laughs> Didn't feel quite as good at seven and six. Um, you know, it's interesting though when uh, even when uh, the team was seven and zero, oh, there was you know cautious concern because the seven wins included some really dramatic last minute come from behind wins against teams that they they probably should have handled uh, in much more convincing fashion. Uh, They definitely had some flaws last year. Uh, That said, going from 7-0 to 7-6 and and dropping the bowl game uh, that they played in uh, was a a tough way to end the season. You know, they they technically enter this year uh, starting their first game against Wisconsin on a six-game losing streak, which is unusual for this program. They have revamped the offense this year, and I think that's what the USF fans are really excited about. Uh, Kerwin Bell is the new offensive coordinator. He had been the head coach at Valdosta State, won a national championship there uh, in the uh, Division II level. And he's got some very inventive ideas for getting USF's playmakers in space. And team speed has always been such a big part of USF football that getting guys isolated and running some inventive stuff has has kind of got the fan base excited. So we're looking forward to seeing exactly what that looks like this year. BYU headed to Tampa to take on the USF Bulls on October 12th. We're talking with Jim Lauk, the voice of the USF Bulls. What's the impression of BYU all the way down there in Tampa? You know, the the Bulls have always tried to schedule aggressively non-conference, and the fan base always responds to that. So I think they're really looking forward to it. Obviously, it's a national brand. It's a team that everybody's heard of, everybody knows. But at the same time, I don't know that many USF fans could go in-depth on BYU's current style of play or some of the personnel or anything. I think they're just intrigued by seeing a team that doesn't come to this part of the country all that frequently and you know, is a team that has had consistent success over the years. So they're looking forward to it. They're kind of excited about it. Speaking of intrigued, I'm intrigued by uh, Johnny Ford, who is a running back who put up 787 yards, eight touchdowns, 6.8 yards uh, carry. He's five foot five, and now he's playing in the slot. What kind of usage do you see for Johnny Ford this season? They just want to get him the ball a little bit more. He's, you know, he, the the best thing you can say about him, he's elusive. He's got speed. And I'm not being facetious because he's five foot five, but the bottom line is people just don't see him. They can't find him. And once he gets a little bit of a gap, he can really, uh, really run up some yards on you. Um, the move to the slot is intriguing uh, because under the offensive playmaking in the last couple of years, running backs very, very rarely caught passes in the USF offense. That's going to be a big change this year, using guys uh, out of the slot a little more, but also throwing to running backs. And I think Ford will get his fair amount of carries as well. But the whole idea is to try to get him downfield with the football, and they think they can do that more effectively, running him out of the slot. Charlie Strong has a senior quarterback returning in Blake Barnett. What's a realistic expectation for Blake in his final season as a member of the Bulls? I think he's really going to benefit from this new offense. Um, he's, he's a talented kid. 
Uh, he's a good teammate. He is, you know, at six foot five, he has that classic quarterback build. But we were surprised last year in his first year with USF at how mobile he was. He really ran the ball pretty well. The the drawback on that was that he got pretty badly dinged up toward the end of the season, uh, primarily from running the football. So I'm not sure they're going to call on him to do that quite as much this year. But when he was healthy last year, he was very consistent, quick delivery, gets the ball out. He can have a very good senior season. They've just got to keep him healthy, and he's got to make the proper adjustments to a much different offense. But he's he's a real student of the game, so I think he'll he'll be successful in that. Jim, BYU feels like altitude can be an advantage at home for BYU. Um, for for uh, Tampa weather, which the average is a high of 85, some humidity uh, October 12th when they play, is that an advantage perhaps for USF at home against BYU at that time of year? It could be, certainly. it's uh, The summer's not going to let up very much by October 12th. It's, uh, if, unless something really unusual happens, it's still going to be warm and it's still going to be humid. And, of course, the Bulls, you know, train in that in, in really the incredible heat and humidity of summer. They do all their training uh, outdoors. They do not have an indoor practice facility at this time, so they're very acclimated to that. And I'm sure it is uh, an advantage. You know, we see some teams, particularly from the Northeast, come down and kind of wilt by the end of the game. So it's it's something the Bulls use in their favor. It helps uh, as they move quickly offensively to try to keep the defense on their heels. Uh, it can wear you down, no doubt about it. Jim, we're always open to hearing about food recommendations when we're traveling to your part of the country. So in Tampa, Florida, where should we eat when we come down for the game? I'm going to recommend the Ebor City section of Tampa, which has a host of great restaurants, but probably the one that, that stands out in my mind is the Columbia. So if you want a nice sit-down uh, dinner, uh, not too elegant, but certainly great atmosphere, uh, that would probably be the one in Ebor City, actually not too far away from uh, Raymond James Stadium. Fantastic stuff. Jim, we appreciate you joining our show. Great to talk with you, and uh, we'll see you in October. Sounds good. Thanks, guys. Jim Lauk on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. The Columbia, as well as Brett McMurphy's recommended Burns Steakhouse in Tampa. Hey, there's a couple of spots for you to go to. Okay. (laughs) I wish I was going, too. That'd be fun. Well, hopefully the food's good, and hopefully the result is better in Florida this time, which takes us to our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. BYU is 0-7 all-time in the state of Florida. Yikes. Okay, so 0-4 against teams that are from Florida, 0-3 in bowl games. So BYU is going for its first win in the state of Florida, physically in the state of Florida. Uh, BYU has defeated UCF at home Mm -hmm. and Miami at home. So BYU is two and four, sorry, two and six against teams from Florida, but has never won in the state of Florida. It's time to change that. Yeah, let's on October twelfth, let's go. Coming up, who's the top defense the Cougars will face in twenty nineteen? Plus, Brandon Davies with his dual citizenship is making waves on the national basketball scene again. This is BYU Sports Nation. But will he join the AAC? We're rolling BYU Sports Nation and present part two of today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. 
BYU basketball alum Brandon Davies announces on Twitter he will represent Uganda. Nice. Today in the FIBA Afro Basket Qualifiers. Good luck to Brandon. The Silverbacks facing Kenya as we speak. Very nice. Paula Sique is on the USA Rugby Squad for the Pacific Nations Cup and World Cup training squad. 30-man, uh, 31-man World Cup roster will be selected from the training squad over the next couple of months. World Cup's in Japan in September. Good luck to Paul. Jackson Clough continues his early success in minor league baseball. The dude is playing for BYU last month. Just recorded his first professional multi-hit game yesterday for the Hagerstown Suns. Clough two for three in that game, batting 333 in five games at the single-A level. And D.C. Clausen went two for four with the solo homer, his first of the year, in the Orem Owls 14-3 loss to the Grand Junction Rockies yesterday in rookie advanced level. Our question of the day, is BYU football in a better position or BYU athletics in general in a better position to get a Power 5 invite as an independent or as a member of the American Athletic Conference. Why? At WD Heath 40 Answers on Twitter, as an independent, there's greater visibility and a higher opinion of the team nationally. Well, that's assuming that you don't uh, win the American and go to New Year's Six. Now you do something you haven't done as an independent, which is have a season that people noticed and cared about. A season, not the first part of the season, which BYU is pretty good at doing well initially, but they don't finish well, right? You got to win 10 plus games. You got to, uh, you got to do something uh, that people notice. BYU plays four Power Five games this year: eight against Group of Five, or well, seven against Group of Five, one against FCS. Is 10 wins unreasonable? Because that is not that far off of what they would see in the AAC if they were a member of that conference. Okay. So I, I, I don't know. I, maybe, maybe it's not that different compared to this specific schedule this year. Coming up, what Cougar could be headed to the uh, World Cup? And where does Utah and USF, we just talked to their play-by-play man, Jim Lauk, fit in the top 10 defenses BYU football will face? This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. This program's on demand. Watch it on BYUSN.com or the BYU TV app. Listen on the BYU radio app or where podcasts are found. I know there are people who don't miss a podcast, which is awesome. We really appreciate that. That we do. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. We've been talking about the AAC and independence. What's a better positioning place for BYU to receive a hopeful Power 5 invitation? Continue to sound off hashtag BYUSN. And we'll continue to converse with this uh, and talk about this. This is fantastic. It provides lots of days for us to talk about what do you want out of BYU football? What's the point of independence right now? Is New Year's Six the end-all goal or not? Why or why not? What's the role of ESPN? A lot to discuss. Yes. All right, Jerem, it's time that we visit the top 10 defenses BYU football will face in 2019. It's Jerem's 10 and 10. 10 lists in 10 weeks. It's Jerem's 10 and 10. That list at Idaho State and UMass, they stink. Number 10, Liberty. Liberty, Liberty. New D.C. Scott Simons comes from Memphis. They run a 4-2-5. That's about the same amount of yards the Flames gave up per game, and you're one of FPS independents. Liberty was in the bottom 15 of all major defensive statistical categories, giving up 37 a game. Jesse Lemonier had 10 sacks last year. Lineman Austin Lewis was a freshman All-American. That's a win! Liberty about to give up 37-plus against BYU and Provo. I would hope it's 50-plus. Number 9, South Florida. In Charlie Strong's sophomore year in Tampa, the Bulls got worse on defense, allowing 39 a game and 470 yards the last six all losses. Ooh. 
Middle linebacker Nico Sotel missed the final seven games with a neck and shoulder injury, but is healthy. Greg Reeves pulled a Sioni Takitaki and moved from end to linebacker his natural position. Four of the front seven return after being eighth worst in rush yards allowed. The pass defense, however, 35th, two of those four starters back. So what you're telling me is this is BYU's best opportunity to beat a team in Florida. Nailed it. Number eight, Toledo. In 2018, the Rockets gave up almost 31 a game, 432 yards a game, had the max worst pass defense. Zach Wilson is hungry. Giving up 44-plus against the first three FPS opponents. That'll do that. Maybe it's good only five starters return then. And Jamal Hines had three sacks, six tackles for loss as a freshman. Converted tight end Jordan Fisher is the top returning tackler. Suspect defense still worries me because this is the first game after the gauntlet power five games in the first four. Yeah, Toledo's a good team. What they're really good at is offense. Number seven, USC. The Trojans lost a lot of linebackers, including three-year leading tackler Cameron Smith, Utah native Porter Gustin. They were middle of the pack as a team a year ago with defensive coordinator Clancy Pendergast, who's in year four of calling the plays. This group led the nation in sacks two years ago, but slipped with 17 fewer last year. The secondary is an issue as well. Athletic, but just half of the DBs are on scholarship. I'm feeling good about this because BYU's offensive line seems to be deep and talented. If the pass rush for USC isn't there and the secondary is an issue, hello, win over the Trojans. But it's always scary because you see those three letters, right? Yes. Number six, Tennessee. Derek Ansley runs a transitioning 3-4 defense that gave up 28 a game a year ago in the SEC. The defensive line needs to replace four starters who produced, oh, 150 tackles and 15 and a half tackles for loss last year. However... The Volunteers have a good secondary, led by freshman All-American Bryce Thompson. Expect a lot of nickel. They'll be juiced. Second game of the season. They're going to be 1-0. 100,000-plus. Yeah. Like this game, I'm concerned. Yeah, I have them at six. <laughs> Number five, Utah State. They felt disrespected the last couple of weeks. I'm throwing you in the top five now. <laughs> Seven starters return to the nation's top takeaway group. They had 32 last year. They also scored six touchdowns. What? First-year D.C. and former Cougar linebacker Justin Enna is calling the shots now. He says the D-line is the strength of the group. Three starters back, including Tipa Nali, I had 10 and a half sacks. Linebacker David Woodward, NFL prospect as well, 134 tackles, 12 and a half for loss, five sacks. Senior corner D.J. Williams, four picks, 11 pass deflections. Basically, he was the 2009 Brian Logan. Yeah, I'm... Which I, was better than the 2010 Brian Logan. Yeah, th- listen, the Aggies... They can ball, man. I know we're all still trying to get used to this, but they've, they've got some ballers, man. Little brothers growing up. And Justin Ennis calling the shots now for McCook. Number four, Boise State. Defensive coordinator Andy Avalos departed to Oregon. The Broncos will switch from a 4-3 to a 3-4 with Jeff Schmetting and Spencer Danielson. Curtis Weaver, baller. Plays the stud position. He's, he is one. 15 tackles for loss, nine and a half sacks last year. This group produced seven picks all year. Tied for its lowest total since 68. Seven starters are back. Nine with at least nine starts from a group that was top 40 in scoring and yards. As good as Boise State is on defense, they got to come to Provo with a new quarterback. I like BYU in this game. And it's his name's not Zach Wilson. He would have been their guy. No. Now he's BYU's. Take that. Number three, the surprise pick here, San Diego State. Rocky Long and his defenses, man. The 3-3-5 is alive and well, led by DC Zach Arnett. Who's playing the Aztec? What? Oh, yeah, yeah. I don't know. 
Former Aztec head coach Brady Hoke is the D-line coach. That's weird, right? Not he was the head coach? Yeah. Now he's the D-line coach. 22 points allowed last year. Seventh in the country in rush D. Held Boise State to 229 in an upset on the blue. Backer Chiava Tazino had 127 tackles, Whoa. 14 and a half for loss, eight and a half sacks. Safety Tariq Thompson had seven picks and three forced fumbles the last two years. I like this defense. I'd be concerned, but their offense is so bad right now. I don't know if they can score enough to beat BYU. Yeah, they, it feels like the 2012 BYU where the offense was meh. The offense defense was fantastic. Number two, which will tell you number one, Washington. This group has been the strength of the UW program for years. Five defensive players were taken in the NFL draft. Three the year before, four the year before. They reload every year. Two starters are back on a defense that was fifth in points, 12th in yards. Safety Miles Bryant and Benning Potoai. UW led the nation with one play allowed of 40-plus, by the way. Do you know who was second? It was BYU with four. See, I don't know about Washington. This is the great mystery for me because they sure. lost so many elite players to the National Football League. But like I said, they lost five this year, but they lost three the year before and four the year before. So they've done this, right? There's this trend. Two years in a row, they've lost guys. And, and the top defense BYU play in 2019 is the Utah Utes. Great news. Are the Utah Utes. This group is fantastic. Seven returning starters give up 19 a game, only 4.6 yards per play. Top 20 in both. Kyle Whittingham feels like he has three NFL defensive linemen. And Bradley and I, Lecky Fotu, and John Penicina. Linebackers are a question, but Cougar defectors, Francis Bernard and former signee Mika Tafua, good players. Jalen Johnson, outstanding corner. Julian Blackman, expected to move from corner to safety to fill the shoes of Marquise Blair. And those are the top 10 defenses BYU will face in 2019. Utah keeps uh, arriving, if not at number one, at number two in all of these lists, James. So why do we feel like BYU has a shot to beat the Utes? Well, they they have a shot. I don't think they should win. You you and uh, Jason had a conversation about, yeah, I think they should. I'm like, should? No, they shouldn't. They could, (laughs) yeah. I hope with all my little heart that they do. Come on. We are exactly how many days away from this? Countdown to the Utes. 64 days away. That's how many. And a shout out to Andy Reid, former number 64 for the BYU Cougars in blue. Offensive lineman from 1978 to 1980. Coming up, Cougars in the minors. Go yard. We'll tell you who. (sighs) And the world basketball eyes are on Brandon Davies. This is BYU Sports Nation. Shout out to today's guest, the voice of the USF Bulls, Jim Lauk. He wouldn't mind seeing BYU in the AAC. Yeah, would you? That's the question. The show's on demand via the podcast and the BYU TV and BYU radio apps. Let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Cougars in pro hoops. Your boy, former Cougar Brandon Davies, announced he will be representing Uganda now. And he's playing today in the FIBA Afro Basket Tournament. The Silverbacks are playing Kenya today right now. I heard the Kenyans can run. Rugby. Paul Lasique, named to the Team USA Pacific Nations Cup squad and Rugby World Cup training squad. A 31-man World Cup roster will be selected from the training squad over the coming months. The Rugby World Cup set to be played this year in Japan beginning on September 20th. Good luck to Paul. Cougars in the minors. Jackson Clough recorded his first professional multi-hit game yesterday for the Hagerstown Suns. Did I say it correctly? Mm-hmm. Hagerstown. Mm-hmm. Clough was two for three in the game, batting 333 through five games at the single A level. The Suns face Delmarva tomorrow. Some <laughs> lady named Delmarva tomorrow at 7 Eastern. 
D.C. Klaassen 2-4 with the solo home run, his first of the season, and an Orem Owls 14-3 loss to the Grand Junction Rockies. Woo-hoo! Shout out to the Western Slope. Woo-hoo! The Owls and Rockies match up again tonight at 840 Eastern. Brendan Lund, the AAA Salt Lake Bees, went 1-3 for three in a 7-0 loss to the Reno Aces. Jacob Brugman of Jerem's AAA Tacoma Rainiers. Yeah. Went one for five with a home run and two runs batted in a and a run. 9-7 loss to the Albuquerque Aces. A home run! <laughs> Soccer. World Cup date. Fury said karma strikes again as Netherlands beats Japan with a game-winning PK in the 90th. We paid that ref to rocket them to the quarterfinals. They will now play Italy on Saturday. It's going to be uh, Geek that you said crazy in Dutch? Yeah. Geek? Geek? <laughs> are you st- are you starting to feel a little well, bit stronger about the well, karma now that, we're to the, now that we're to the quarterfinals? We're Japan, the runner-up. I just went plural on soccer singular country, by the way. In England, you'd be like, oh, yeah, uh, you, you know, United England, States England are, are a great good. squad. Like, well, we'd say England is good, right? Singular? Anyway. Hey, the Netherlands, they're into the quarterfinals. Dude, it's going to be geek, bro. Geek. Or, or geek. Geek. Whatever it is in Dutch. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Today's rise and shout-outs. Mine goes to Jeff Grimes for uh, his 25-second stare-down. I brought it in at the beginning of the show. We're bringing it back. This is video. This is not a still frame. It's not it? a photo. <laughs> it's a moving picture. It's unbelievable. <laughs> what is he thinking he's about? Like, he's, like, kind of moving, but it's like... He's also kind of staring. It's not just <laughs> it's not just me looking blankly. It's Oh. Okay, my shout wow. out is uh in relation to this. My good friend Jeremiah Jensen who works for NBC oh, the other and Salt JJ Lake City. You work with. Yes, at KSL. <laughs> he sent out a tweet with the Jeff Grimes video said I had to do it and it is a spin-off of Larry David yeah. who at the end of episodes, often stares blankly into a direction, yeah. and then it just goes what, to the credits. What was the show name again? I can't remember. I'm t- I'm Larry David? Kirby Enthusiasm. Kirby Enthusiasm. Thank enthusiasm. You. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> Jeremiah said, I had to do it. I had to do it. So I was like, what is this? I retweeted it. It was great. Oh, my goodness. Hey, so tomorrow, funny. Jimmer Fredette's going to join us, by the way. Cannot wait. What's next for Jimmer? Warriors. Our lead voice of the day presented by Sundance Mountain Resort celebrating 50 years. Is BYU in a good position to be in... Uh, a Power 5 invitation in the AAC or as an independent? It's too long to read. So um, <laughs> send them in. But Hashtag Craig, BYU. Craig Jeffcoat, Craig, you're, Craig the Jeffcoat yeah. you're the guy, man. Sergeant Dennis Pitta, Craig we ran out Jeffcoat. of time. Uh, Craig Jeffcoat didn't even get his social media <laughs> post read. Come on. For Jeremiah, I'm supposed to shout out to Morris Unatoa. <laughs> See you tomorrow for BYU Sports Nation. Jeffrey! Go Cougs. Jeffrey!